I'm Cedar Lewison, and you're about to listen to one of the stories from my book, The First 14,439 Words. All the stories are written by me, and they're written in the spirit of text as artwork. I work as an artist and writer and curator, and I've written a lot of different short stories, almost as if the stories are sculptures. I'm interested in the idea of writing by visual artists and novels by visual artists, and all these stories are written in that way. So although the stories are narrative, they're also kind of like artworks in a way. They're often written in response to a location or in response to a feeling or emotion, but I kind of see them as sculptures. And I'm really happy to have other people that I don't know read the stories, because in a way that brings them to life and turns the sculptures into real things like sound artworks. So they're a bit quirky. I hope you enjoy them and I hope you'll come back and listen to them next time. The Clairvoyant When I finally crawled out of my room, it was Saturday morning. I think I'd lost a day. I was still in Maastricht. I went down for breakfast and got chatting to a German guy as I dolloped some yogurt into a bowl. Eberhard was his name, and he offered to drop me off in Liège. I checked out and met him on the main road. It was a fresh, crisp day, not a cloud in the sky. The car was an immaculate Volkswagen Golf GTE. I immediately felt uneasy sitting in the passenger seat as we sped by. Eberhard drove like a man possessed. All I wanted to do was to make it to the train station in one piece. Eberhard was totally focused on the road. His fingers looked like blue and grey as they gripped tightly around the steering wheel. There was no blood under his skin. The smell of chemical air fresheners in the car pinched my chest and added to my feeling of nausea. We hardly spoke, but drove so fast that I was genuinely fearful for my life. Maybe we could slow down, I suggested. Eberhard ignored me and replied in a distinctly German tone that he wanted to pick up some apple juice from a village called Oben. So we took a detour. The apples are very fine in the lowland regions, crisp and sharp, sweet with a cut of bitterness, according to Eberhard at least. The roads went from being long and straight to narrow and winding. Save from occasional car or odd team of cyclists, there were few other vehicles to slow us down. Tall trees and large fields, flat countryside. We stopped at a farm shop, not much more than a little hut at the end of the muddy pathway. It was a huge relief to be out of the Volkswagen. The thought crossed my mind that I could find a taxi from here, but we were in the middle of nowhere. So I checked out the blackberries and asked about the provenance of the butter. 
I surprised myself by having quite an in-depth conversation with the woman from the farm shop about butter. Less than 500 meters from here is where it comes from, I was told. I'm not sure why, but I was fascinated to hear about the cows and the time of the day they prefer to eat their grass. I would have brought some butter, but it wasn't practical. Eberhard suggests lunch. Why not? I thought to myself, feeling slightly more relaxed despite the driving. The next village we came to did not even seem like a village. Just a roundabout, a church and a bar. Tuven. The restaurant was a building at least a hundred years old, but for some reason it was called Café Moderne. It had a small ballroom and a large field for garden. The glass windows were painted with patterns in French words. The mirrors behind the bar were full of cloudy reflection that made me forgot I would ever die. The images on the wall of the restaurant were all 16th and 17th century ships and anatomical drawing from old butcher's shop. The restaurant was perfect in every respect, except that they were not serving food. So Ebenhard and I went over the road to a bar called Bier de Bourg. The place was narrow and also felt old and cottagey. There were only a few patrons, a middle-aged husband and wife in the corner and an older guy sitting on his own near the bar. Eberhard and I also took a small table near the bar. I gave the man at the opposite table an acknowledging nod. The waitress came over and I ordered a brown beer. Eberhard ordered something called Fritz a speciality of the region. I asked the waitress for the same thing. It was maybe four in the afternoon. Eberhard was slightly more talkative now that he was not driving. He told me about his hometown, a place called Mönchengladbach. I'd never heard of it, but apparently a famous Formula One racing driver, Nick Hadefield, comes from there. As does Joseph Pilates, inventor of Pilates, the physical fitness system. Fascinating, I was thinking to myself. At a certain point, the guy at the opposite table introduced himself. I don't remember his name or his exact opening words. He was a little hesitant to speak in English, but there was no problem understanding him. He said that he'd lived in a village nearby called Tirsiet. A corpulent man, maybe in his middle sixties. He said that he had had many jobs in his life, including being a publican and working for breweries in Belgium in the Netherlands. He even said that he ran a brothel. I looked over at Eberhard, who did not appear surprised by the revelations. The old man went on to say that he now focuses his energy on his clairvoyant powers. He assures that this meeting was no coincidence. I am by nature something of a cynic, 
and as a rule, have little time for claims of the extraterrestrial or supernatural. Anyway, our man went on to claim that he had lived several lives before, including some time spent in ancient Egypt, some time in Roman England. Now you are in a tiny village in Belgium, I remember thinking to myself. He said that he regularly goes into states of astral projection and that he is in touch with the other side. Like a large loaf of bread in a white paper bag, his skin was pulled tightly over his rotund skull. Confidently, he said, there are no dead. Then, out of the blue, the man said to me, I'm picking up butter for you. This caught my attention. I had indeed made quite a fuss of looking at the butter at a farm an hour or so ago, and, as a general rule, I am something of a butterfiend. How could this total stranger know such an obscure side of my day? We hadn't mentioned it while we've been in the bar. Maybe it was a random guess. The man went on to detail several facts about my health, including worrying me about pains in my lower back. The level of detail he went into was uncanny. He talked about seeing a candle burning in an empty room. My head was in a minor spin. How could a person I'd never met before know these things about my life? Things only my doctor would know. I felt as if I was in a loop. The clairvoyant focused his gaze on me. For some moments, he did not say anything. His eyes were unusually large, but overall, he stood me as a particularly unremarkable man. I sipped my dark beer and distracted myself by looking closely at the knife then at the fork on the wooden table. They were both very plain and very ordinary, just as you would imagine a knife and fork would be in a small Belgian café. Eberhard was listening intently to the words the clairvoyant was saying. I looked at Eberhard. He also looked exactly as you would imagine a middle-aged German man from an obscure city called Mohengladbach should look. A smart shirt and etc. The clairvoyant was now saying something about connecting the physical body to higher frequencies. Listening to this man talk, I was suddenly overcome with a deep sense of loss. A loss of a future I could never live. The clairvoyant put his arm on Eberhard's shoulder and whispered something in his ear. He then bid us both good afternoon and assured us we would certainly meet again. With that, he was gone. After finishing lunch, Eberhard drove at a much calmer average speed of around 35 miles per hour to Liège train station. As we sat in near silence, I noticed the blood flow appear to have returned to his hands. It had been a strange day 
in Limburg. Hi, this is Cedar. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed the short story. If you'd like to find out any more information about me and my work, you can visit my website, cedarlewison.com. I'm also on Insta. So Cedar is C-E-D-A-R. Lewison is L-E-W-I-S-O-H-N. Visit the website, check out Insta, and thanks again for listening, and bye for now.